for listening to the ESBC podcast network NFL sports betting podcast where I always say that the purpose of the podcast is to make me money I say that because there's so many people lying to us gas you know gaslighting and in sports betting you can't believe in the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus if it's a, a, a legitimate sports betting podcast, NFL betting podcast, it has to be like CNBC, Bloomberg, Fox Business, where they have a graphic. And I'll get the graphic going uh, during the podcast where you see exact numbers, exact picks, but we take it a step further. We give you the methodologies, the underlying evidence, right? Uh they have the hearings in Congress, right? They never give you the underlying evidence, uh, confidential sources. We give you everything here. And the reason we do that is because capitalism and building good business, building good business relationships is based on collaboration. And sports betting is the only form of wagering where you collaborate with each other. And that, that's part of the fun. I have MBA. I have clients that are worth $50 million. And what they have me do is use decision science to make decisions. That's used by the Fortune uh, 50 companies. We use a lot of different business and financial concepts in order to come up with the highest probability to make us money, okay? Every single business meeting has to have a purpose in an outcome. So we talked about a couple of the purposes. My wife's been a psychotherapist for 17 years. We do a little mental health first aid kit as it's uh, congruent and in alignment with high probability outcomes in sports betting, in NFL betting. Also, by listening, by reading the episode notes, clicking on the links in the episode notes, you will learn uh, return to the mean. You learn different business concepts. So you don't get ripped off in your 401k. You don't get ripped off with investments, scams. You know the proper process from a business and financial uh, standpoint. We talk a lot of them during the podcast, and I have a lot of definitions in the episode notes and a link to the top 10 rules of betting. So you don't get taken advantage of. You don't have to pay Action Sports $300 a month. You can get all your information and data here. Now, John Gruden needed to uh, execute this. In my opinion, Godfather Goodell needs to, needs to also do this. If you think 
you are the smartest, uh, toughest person in the room. You're in the wrong room. You're going to get in trouble for some emails, some dumb emails you're sending. <laughs> so, because I do not make that mistake. I've got two guys that are a lot smarter and a lot tougher than I am, right? We got Scott Cove from New England, right? Which is diversity. After Shad Talks, I'll give you a piece of the real definition of diversity as I am the on the board of the Orange County, California Diversity Council. Thank you, Scott, for joining us. What are your first words this week? Well, I think uh, it's clear that some of these trends are starting to um, show itself. Uh, right. We're in week six here, so um, I think as we go along here, you're going to see a lot of a lot of the trends that we pick and, and stuff like that. I'm looking forward to another week, another profitable week. You know, it's been a, been a long, long journey here to, to keep up. So let's do it again. Yeah, no. And, and, and the purpose we, we, we identify, the outcome is everything. What have you done for me lately? We are in week six and knock on wood. Every single week has been profitable, right? We're the podcast is 20 straight weeks of profit because you get lied to in business. They talk to you about revenue. Revenue is a lie. What's important is profit and free cash flow. Diverse companies have 35 to 40% more free cash flow profit than companies that are not diverse. And diversity has been in the news, but the real definition of it, I'll tell you after we talk to Chad, who is the starting wide receiver, and safety for your Las Vegas Knights, veteran of the CFL, veteran of college football. His brother is currently uh, the highest rated quarterback in Power Five for your Oregon State Beavers. Thank you, Jeff, for joining us. What are your first words? Man, I'm just uh, happy to be back this week. I missed you guys last week. Uh, happy to <laughs> we be, missed you. <laughs> happy to bring back that. That diversity here with my OGs, you know, the young right? back. So <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Right. And, and what diversity, people get stuck on diversity being gender, race, disability. And really, it does not have to do anything with that. It has to be with having an open mind and basically from a business standpoint, focusing on business. So if you have six engineers in a company, I can go in and say, okay, let's get somebody from the graphic arts department, collaborate, work with him or her. That team is going to beat the team of six engineers every day, regardless of the race, disability, or color of those engineers. That's the real business uh, definition of diversity. Now in the NFL, Goodell, and what goes on is dumbing that down, right? For PR, bringing it to the lowest uh, common denominator, just talking about one aspect that's important, right? We need to acknowledge that. But what's the inequality is also a problem, right? So the way you, you deal with wealth inequality is getting real diversity to get dollars in to everybody, okay? So you're going to see a lot of it in the picks. Here, this podcast, we're going to give you profit every week. 
And by definition, we're going to make you 40% more free cash flow betting because we have diverse backgrounds. We got uh, Scott's in the Northeast. Chad and I are here on the West Coast. Uh, Scott and I are about the same age. But a big mistake Gruden made, Chad is younger, right? So if he had a diverse young guy said, hey, uh, coach, don't be sending those emails because those emails are public. <laughs> Eventually, those emails are going to catch up to you, man, right? Oops. And having people around you who are not yes people, like Gruden brought in uh, Mike Mayock. Mike Mayock had two jobs to say yes in your right job. It brought problems, a lot of problems. Because uh, he, John Gruden likes to be a tyrant. You can't have that. You have to have uh, people who will tell you, hey, oh, you know, these guys will tell me, hey, no, you're, you're wrong, Josh, in that pick. No way. Da, da, da. And that's why people love the consensus fix. <laughs> people love the consensus fix. Yesterday, they're, last week, they were like, oh, Chad wasn't there for the consensus fix. I used to take Chad in this net, but that's why it is. It's a diversity. The consensus picks all hit too, man. We got Pittsburgh on the money line, <laughs> right? We got I was on Tampa with Scott, right? We did that. Right. Yeah, the consensus picks are better than uh, and that boom. That's that is the classic definition of diversity that you're not hearing out there, but that's what's making people money. Listen, Chad was a silent partner last week for us, so. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So that's why we're making a lot of money. We have something unique, and that's why we're growing exponentially. We'll keep it going. But see, right there, people learn a valuable business lesson of what is diversity, right? what it really is, not getting caught up in this Al Sharpton stuff. Even though if, you know, Gruden would have brought in Al Sharpton Friday, he would still have a job. You know, you gotta understand that PR. You can't just live in a in a bubble. You know what I mean? All right. So first game we're gonna tackle. And remember, we use math. Math is fifty percent of all this. Uh, not just knowing who are the better teams, better players, right? And using uh, fundamental analysis. Return to the mean. And uh, return to the mean is analogous to. Um, Something that's in the field of diversity a lot. Bias, uh, recency bias, unconscious bias, unconscious bias. Eagles at home uh, giving eight points to Tampa Bay. What do you think, Chad? Well, I think that uh, short week um, – I think the Buccaneers are a little banged up. Uh, plus, I, I like the Eagles here, plus seven. Um, I think this game can be a close game. Or I think it can be a lower scoring game. I think the Eagles can try to run the ball, um, plus one with Jalen Hurts. Uh, maybe keep the ball away from that high-powered offense um, of the Buccaneers. And I think they'll be able to maybe take some shots down the field with that dinged-up secondary. Uh, that number's kind of high. We got, I think, 52 and a half, 53. Seems just a little high on, the, on, a, on a short week. Um, so, yeah, I am uh, – I, I think the Eagles I, – I think Tampa Bay wins the game. Um, but I think, the, uh, I think the Eagles can cover seven points, um, maybe get it at seven and a half by that point, get over that key number. 
and uh, and the, under under that 52 and a half, 53. I 100% agree. What do you think, Scott? I agree too. Uh, Brady's banged up. His thumb is uh, sore. Um, Philadelphia's tendency has been to throw the ball a lot, and that leads right into Tampa's weakness, which is the passing game. Right. I don't think Tampa's uh, Philly's going to run the ball, except Hertz is going to get on the outside and, and get uh, some key first downs with his feet. Um, I agree. Tampa wins the game. Philly keeps it close. I look for a field goal game, and I would go under the number. That's that's way too high. Short week. Tampa is uh, coming up the East Coast. Weather's going to be fine for the game, but um, still short week. No Gronk. Brady's hurting. Secondary's banged up. Uh, so I agree. I'm in agreement with you too. So, hundred percent. So I just I'm a little paranoid. I'll, I'll buy the half point, make it eight. There'll be the Eagles plus eight under fifty two. Last year in the same situation, uh, the Bucks went to Mitch Trubinsky in the Chicago Bears, yep. and the the Bucks sat a lot of their core guys and. Not necessarily sat them down, but if, if they play 80% of the snaps in this game with short rest, bodies, they paid 40% of the snap. And the Bucks are a team that's salesmen think short term, businessmen and women, again, another business lesson, thinks long term. Higher level thinking is long term thinking. So Bruce Arians will lose this game to have most of his players in a playoff game. In division games, they count for two and are more important. You know, I also think that the Tampa is going to take some late money here. The total, I would bet now, because that's probably going to come down to 52, 51 and a half. Uh, but that Bucks minus six and a half, seven, uh, seven and a half, whatever you have it at. I do think here, uh, if you wait here within an hour before kickoff, I think the public, the Bucks, Tom Brady, the, just the brand of the Bucks and ex Super Bowl champions. Right. Uh, I think they'll take some money late. Uh, that number, you know, you could uh, could get yourself an extra half point to a, to a full point there waiting on that one. Yeah, I was thinking of that. You know, you see a lot of different casinos around the country. Uh, the guy that owns a car dealership, you know, late 50s, early 60s. He's with his wife. They're having a great time. They're going to have a great time at the casino. They get there. The game's at 430, let's say, around here. Let's say they're in Biloxi, Mississippi, and game's at 637. They check in, they're having dinner at five. Oh, Tampa Bay's playing. Oh, who are they playing? Oh, the Eagles. Oh, okay, honey, here's uh, here's the money. Tell the, the cashier at the table uh, to put Tampa Bay. Oh, is it a money line or line out? Whatever it is, just pick Tampa Bay in the over. Okay, boom. So a lot of that's going to happen. It's going to be analogous in alignment with what you said, Chad. I see that a lot. See that happening. Now, another London game is Jacksonville and Urban Meyer. Uh, the morality police is coming up on Urban Meyer. It is so hilarious because colleges are supposed to be an institution for higher learning. And now I'm hearing colleges, you know, oh, man, you know, uh, we're here at University of Tennessee. How I put my go to Oklahoma because looking around, it's going to be in the NFL. Man, wouldn't it be nice if we got Urban Meyer or, or Johnny Gruden? 
but those guys are doing are not what you're supposed to be teaching the the youth of our nation and our college. You know, but you got him getting four points against Miami uh, in London over under forty seven. Uh, reading the Jacksonville Star, reading the Miami Herald, Tua's coming back. Uh, they're going to play a lot of zone. He's got to be, especially in that first half, he's got to be rusty. So I'm thinking first half line Jacksonville. Uh, it reminds a good college coach. So they'll have a good game plan. I'm waiting for Brian Trittenheimer and Daryl Bubble uh, to not just take Urban Meyer and the owner's con, his money, and, and help Urban Meyer out a little bit. Defense is playing well. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, why is he going on a bachelor trip? You know, in the off, in the in the off week, he's playing so badly. Uh, that's a mess, but I think. Since everybody knows this is a big game for Condi owner, he owns a soccer team there, and he's a prominent Muslim who the owner of, not the owner, but the mayor of London, whose name is also Khan, uh, even though they're not related, Khan gave him a lot of money to run for mayor of London, and then the mayor of London reciprocated with giving him a soccer franchise in London. So I'm pretty sure, I don't know, let's see how dumb everybody is in check. The players are in Jacksonville, but this is a game where I would be playing lights out, right? To get at least cover four points against a bad Miami team. So I'm going to go with your Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, who did cover for me in Cincinnati. I'm going to go Jacksonville plus four. And obviously, the refs know this. So, Jacksonville's going to get the call. There you go. Godfather Goodell thinks he's an international businessman here in London. Uh, I expect the game to go over because – Jacksonville gets tired in the second half. And also, uh, Urban Meyer is a uh, – at least he's done this well. He's done a good job with special teams. He's a special teams guy. That's his specialty. That's what he teaches in the coaching clinics, the special teams. So, I expect Jacksonville to do well special teams, even get a special team touchdown. So, we can go Jacksonville plus the four over 47. What do you think, Scott? Expect a heavy dose of Jacksonville run. I think uh, James Robinson is going uh, to be the star of this game. Uh, I don't think Urban Meyer has co- any much confidence in the passing game and what they can do. Um, yeah. And with Tua back, if Tua does in fact play, which it looks like he's going to, I agree with you. I think he's going to be rusty. I could see a very slow start for Miami. I could see, a, you know, like a – 10-7 game at halftime or 7-3 to three game at halftime. Right. Um, and then I, I think both teams are going to hit this drive in offense. So I think it's going to go over. These London games have a tendency to go over. And I think this one will as well. And I'll take Jacksonville. 
uh, over Miami. You can't stomach taking them on a money line, but it wouldn't be shocked. Right. No, I'm I'm gonna stick with Jackson Jacksonville uh and the over for sure. Right. Yeah, you just you can't trust them on the money line at this point. Um but yeah, I think everything you're saying with the uh, the connections to the mayor of London and the owner of Jacksonville, very interesting, re- great research stuff you'll only hear on this podcast. Right. Stuff I didn't even think about until I started, until I met Josh and started talking with Josh, and he got my mind thinking in a completely different way on on uh, how these owners and the corporate governance of these coaches and, and how it all works. Um, so yes, I think that's too many points. This is going to be a field goal game. Either way. Right. So taking the team, getting the field goal, that's with Jacksonville on the spread. Um, you know, I think with Tua being rusty, Josh made a great point about Jacksonville on the first half line, uh, which, man, I'm not able to find right now. I was trying to pull it up. But another thing I will be looking at is I think the game is going to go over the whole game. I think what Josh is saying about Urban Meyer, the special teams is spot on. Um, also, Tua and Trevor Lawrence, they're good for a one turnover each. You know, I, I would say one, one of them is throwing a pick six this game. Tua's coming rusty. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence is rookies, but, you know, they've been struggling with the ball here and there. Uh, so that, you know, those turnovers uh, with both quarterbacks and the special teams play, um, it's not going to go over by much. It's going to sneak it over late in this game. Um and I agree with what Scott is saying, too. I think a first half under, depending on the number, I wish I had a number, but uh, the over, the total is, what, 47 on this one, right? 47, yeah. So I would say if you're getting something t- under 25, uh, around 25, now if they're going to put you under that 24, um, you know, that key number, you know, three touchdowns and a field goal. But I think if you're getting something on the, on the other side of 25, 25 and a half, 26, you know, I think that first half under in the full game over, uh, you know, is, is a good play here. So I personally will, will be going Jacksonville uh, plus the three and a half plus the four. Um, and then I will be playing the full game over. And if I can get something on the north side of 25, I will be playing the first half under this one. That sounds good. I'm going to make sure it's on the spreadsheet here. This this week's been less hectic at work, so Richie's gonna be more legit. So, uh, well, actually, no, I'm I'm tripping with 25 on the north side of 24. Okay, because yeah, it's 47, so you're gonna get 24. Um, you know they're probably gonna put it right there at 23 and a half. If I had to guess, I uh, my app's not not populating a the first half lines yet for that one. Right. Gonna, they're probably going to put it right there at 23 and a half. You can buy the point, get it at 24. If you can get anything 24 or higher, um, I'd say that's a pretty safe bet. Right. It, it, it was important. It's always been important. But as technology changes, you got to keep up with stuff. Uh, every single app that you log into, read the house rules. Every single app, every single casino, every single sports book you go into is going to be different. You got to shop for the right number. Now, you know, the line comes out. I do have an article in on the line that I would encourage everybody to read uh, and where the lines originated from. 
the movie Casino about Lefty Rosenberg. Lefty Rosenberg to this day owns the company that sets the original line through William Hill, right? You got William Hill, and then you have the big conglomerate casino that have the supercomputers. <laughs> but I laugh because we've beaten both, because that's what you're competing against, competing against William Hill, the supercomputer, other betters, the, the chief at the sports bike, right? You compete against him. Other betters, you're competing against uh, Roger Goodell. <laughs> you're competing against a lot of people. So you have to track the numbers, right? And timing is everything. Some bets you bet right away. Some you wait. You look at market. And you take advantage of what he's talking about, what Chad's talking about, a market inefficiency. Hey, and Josh. Yeah. I got the money. I got the lines if you want them. Okay. For, uh, over under is 23 for the first half. Okay. Ooh. Miami is favored by two and a half in the first half. Right. So that those are the money. Those are the money lines. Um, See, when, when I when I'm looking at it, I I think for me it's a safer play to if I'm assuming a slow start versus taking Jacksonville in the first half. I think I like the first half under right. better yep. than than taking because now I got a 12 hour plane ride. Right. You know they're. To them, it's way early in the morning to these two teams. That all leads into a slower start. Tua coming off the injury. I think all those factors play into the first half under, um, which is kind of both teams versus just taking, you know, um, I think I just like to take Jacksonville for the whole game because I think it's going to be a close game regardless, you know, regardless of, you know, them, them covering two and a half in the first. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be – so 23, um, you know, I think that's a good look. 23, three, three touchdowns. You know, I, I don't I don't see three touchdowns being scored in this first half at all. I agree. No, and this is a big game for Prime Flores. Because now he's in his third year. He's facing a college coach. He should have a tactical strategic advantage. Again, emotional control. They say that emotional intelligence makes you the most money. The fact that Gruden gets fired in the middle of the season, that means that Godfather Goodell, because he made the call on this. He had to. Godfather Goodell does not have emotional control. He has $88 million a year salary, but that doesn't have emotional control. So yeah, he, that's something you have to watch. He did make the call because he told um, Davis, the owner, he said, if you guys don't handle this now, we're going to handle it ourselves. So Gruden was getting probably getting suspended uh, either way. So no, and, and if you've met um, Mark Davis or seen him party, mm -hmm. you know he didn't make a decision. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any decisions. And Mark listens to the podcast; he knows what I'm talking about. So uh, and he knows it's meant with love. So he didn't make the decision. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> All right. So we're going with your Jacksonville Jaguars plus the four over 47. I'm I'm personally picking the, the first half line uh, Jacksonville because I think Urban Meyer observing him throughout the years, he's got a game plan ready. And, and Mr. Khan 
maybe not because there's no uh there's no small things in business everything is big and over communication making sure people execute i'm not shocked if mr khan brought urban meyer into the office and said you need to have some special plays hold some things back so we get a win in london right because this is so important to him i like the whole first half under uh 23 even, you know, 24, if you can buy a number. And then well, I've had this question before. When you go to Vegas or you go to different casinos, I tried to get a half point point and I couldn't. How is it, you know, you do it? I say, well, there's two things, right? On apps, they let you do it right away. But when you go to the win or when you go to good casinos, good sports books, but even uh, Southgate or Westgate will do this if you follow this norm. When you win the first Sunday's games, right? And you got tickets, right? If you're listening to the podcast, you're cashing some tickets first half of the game, you tip the cashier 20 bucks, 40 bucks. And then you see a game or whatever, and they say, hey, can you change that a half a point? And they'll always say the same line I've been hearing for 15 years. I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm going to do this for you. (laughs) So you get a line or half point in the casino after you've given a tip. Remember, it's better to give than to get. And giving is not a philanthropy or religion. It is a business decision. And that's one point where you benefit from giving. Cash your, your, your cashiers after you cash tickets, winning tickets, uh, betting games on Sunday. Now we have the Washington, I don't even know what to call them now. They're going to have all their emails out on the street shortly. <laughs> uh, at home against the Chiefs, and it's going to be a crazy game. We're going to be people protesting outside. Who knows? Uh, minus six over under is 56. Uh, man, Chiefs, I think Andy Reid is kind of like Nick Satan. After a loss, they always cover. 56 seems so high, but Washington has been so bad. This is a team of really good receivers and bad, um, bad defensive backs. And the Chiefs defense. Chiefs minus six or 56. What do you guys think? Go ahead, Scott. Um, I liked over. I think it's uh, I think it's a high scoring game. Neither defense is uh, knows what how defense is played in the NFL this year, obviously. So, um, I would take the over. So we talked about trends. So Kansas City trends are, are crystal clear. When they play a team they haven't faced uh, like Philadelphia, like Washington, uh, like, uh, you know, not any other NFC team, they usually play pretty well. So, you know, as Washington's an NFC team, doesn't really see them, knows what they're about. Um, Kansas City always offensively puts up a big number. So the, this right. – this week they're putting up a big number. Um, I would take Kansas City. Um, I'm off the Washington train for right now. Uh, I think Kansas City uh, wins this game by at least ten points, and I think it's going to be a shootout like they did against Philadelphia a couple of weeks ago, and last week against Buffalo too. They know how to put points up. They don't know how to stop anybody. So um, uh, look for Tyreek Hill to get deep once or twice. Look for Kelsey to get going. Uh, just look for that whole team to get started. Um, 
on the right track in the game and, and win. So that's where my head is at for that. Right. I mean, in life, it's always the best strategy to keep your mouth shut. But it's been a baffling year because I went to the Rams camp and, you know, you know, just watching practice. And here comes Jack Del Rio. And I'm like, what is Jack Del Rio, the defensive coordinator for the Washington team, doing in Irvine, California, in the Rams practice? I don't know. Don't want to ask. It's the weirdest thing to growing. The less I know, the happier I am. What do you think, Chad, about this game? Yeah, I, I totally agree with you guys. Um, you know, I think Mahomes kind of came off his worst game of his whole career. I think it's a bounce-back game for him, get-right game for him. Um, I like the Chiefs to score uh, 35, at least 35 points, um, maybe even 38, 42. Uh, their defense has, you know, their defense is struggling. Um you know, in, in uh, Heineke and that receiving core at Washington are not no slouches. Right, They'll be right. able to get some plays. Um, but, yeah, I think Kansas City covers the six and a half, seven points, no problem. This is actually one of the few bets I've already placed for this week. Right. I love Kansas City to cover this. It's a, like uh, Scott was saying, they seem to pattern-wise, this is a game that they, they do very well against. You know, I do think – Buffalo showed a little something with that cover two shell with playing their safeties 20 yards deep. Um, you know, I don't know if Washington has the personnel necessarily to do what uh, what Buffalo did there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just with, – with Kelsey and Josh Gordon now, you got two big targets. I mean, I, you can play those 20 yards off DBs, but you're giving that intermediate stuff up all day. And, uh, you know, those guys should be able to work, you know, it's not a hard adjustment to make. Yeah, Tyreek, you can't go deep, but man, there's windows and holes to sit in. And, right. You know, right. you got safeties playing that far off. They just need to adjust to it. You know, I think they're going to look at the film of how Buffalo played them. I think they're going to have a game plan against playing those two deep safeties because I think they're going to get a lot of that this year because of the success Buffalo had. So they're going to have to game plan it. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to they're going to you know win this game by at least ten points. Um, and fifty six is very high. Um, you know, but I see it similar to the Buffalo game. Uh, and I, I, I think, uh, you know, we see, uh, a 38 to 21 win right. by the chiefs, you know, something like that. And, uh, you know, that, that gets it, you know, right there at 60, 61 points and go gets it over. You know, right. I can piggybacking off of what Chad said. I can see Kelsey having a humongous game this week, Yeah, you know, going about 10 yards down the field, turning. Mahomes yep. hitting them time and time again. So exactly, I can see that happening for sure. No, we're we're in hundred percent agreement. And they gave us thirty two last week, where thirty two twenty two, the Saints won. So now you got to think, like Andy Reid collapsed uh, game before half in the locker room. He collapsed right after. Went to the hospital. He come out the next day, and Andy Reid says he's fine, right? So we don't know what's going on. There's a lot of information we don't have. But with the information we do have, you got to think the players are like, oh, I sent that one email that one time. <laughs> and I'm on Washington, that email's going to come out. <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a, it has to be a distraction. He's like, when I first discovered emails in sixth grade, I sent my homeboy that email. And oh, my gosh, is that going to come back up? 
Well, they, they play for Washington. These are all Washington's emails. But then they continued the investigation, I agree. And they got, this is very important still, when, when you look at markets and we look at the way games are called, and the so-called reporting. ESPN is part of the NFL, right? Because Gruden was penalized for emails as an ESPN employee. Yeah. He wasn't working for the league. And then this, this other mandate that we're seeing in the, the Tron Watson situation, Kareem Hunt, that the NFL, it used to be if you got charged, then we penalize it. Now the NFL has its own uh, discipline program where you don't, you don't have to break the law. You just have to uh, break or piss off Godfather Goodell. <laughs> I mean, look at, look at Antonio Brown. Look right. at the struggles he went through, and now all of a sudden he's come out the other side and hangs out with Brady, stayed at his house down in Tampa. Now he's great. I mean, now he's a great teammate. And so, right, right. You know, and uh, again, Kraft, uh, Antonio Brown, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. All you have to do is pay the floor cops. I don't know what you have to do is pay them off, and there will be nothing to be said. All right, so you got the Colts. It broke my heart Monday night. I had it all right, but I, but again, I should have known, right? Uh, Airsay, family teams are cheap teams that do not pay for backups. Kind of factor it in, and I underestimated. Uh, I overestimated the stamina of the Colts' defense, and I underestimated the health of Lamar Jackson and the the fact that he was an accurate passer. So I forgot to do this in the beginning with all the craziness going on. Scott, right, because we do the Hawthorne Effect podcast. We Shad and I. Which I listened to. each other up, right? I like listened I to it right before I came on. I listened to that podcast. So. <laughs> the Greek mobster who stole my <laughs> stuff for his defensive team, uh, for his uh, sales team. You got to torture yourself or else somebody else will. Uh, what was the game last week, Scott, that you got wrong that you felt you should have got right? Well, I sent you two, two changes, um, which was the Cincinnati Green Bay over. Right. And I switched to the Jets from Atlanta. And I should have stayed on both of those because those both would have turned up wins if I stayed on them. So, right. And the Colts game Monday night too. That was another game that I, you know, you know, we had the we had the uh, cover of the spread with the Colts, but you know, Baltimore, Indy had that game low scoring, right where they wanted it, twenty two to nine, um, and they just ran out of gas, and, right. Which none of us ever thought was coming but it, it came and and once baltimore got that that snowball start and indy could not stop it so right. um, so those are the three if i had stayed with with those and the other thing that we talked about we should have known the patriots under streak was going to end at some point um i just yes. didn't think it was going to be with the rookie quarterback because bella Belichick just basically owns the rookie quarterbacks when right. he plays plays them so still never um, lost Again. Yeah, still never lost, but 
you know, I don't think a rookie quarterback is, has come as close as Davis Mills did, which is surprising to, right. to break in that streak. So, um, but I was just, you know, the Atlanta Jets game just started me, you know, if I cursed myself because I should have stayed with Atlanta and I didn't. So, you know, and that's that's my first rule is always go with your first instinct, which is should have stayed. Always. 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 And, and I didn't. When I heard Ridley Much was football, out. We watched. We got over yeah. three years of football between the three of us. And the Atlanta Our offense was, was all kinds of banged up. So I should have known to stay stay with uh, – Stay with Atlanta because yeah. I I knew Pitts was gonna just go off that game and he did. He can't so, though. You you picked it. You said it. You yeah. Listen to the podcast. You verbalized it. You said it. You were picking Cal Pick Pitts before he had done anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the first week we had picked it. You know, we went with with Philadelphia over Atlanta that first right. week because of that. We, right. You know, we thought Hertz would make the difference in that game. So. You know, I I called. I thought I'd call it right from the very beginning. Then I looked and saw Ridley was out, Gage was out. I right. was like, okay, the Jets came off a, a pretty good win, so so I think they can make it back to back, and they didn't. So those were the games. Hundred percent, and and I was and I was very disappointing, Robert Slay. Yeah, I am. You know. I am. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Colts to Texans. Uh, that's a double-digit dog in the division, huh? Uh, with not a very good – with a favorite who's not uh, not very healthy. impressive up to this point. Right. They like to run the ball a lot. A one win. Going to the fourth quarter. Uh, double-digit dogs in the division, you almost bet blindly. They win 80% of the time. Last three years in the podcast has been over 80% of the time. The only two ones I got wrong, 2020, was Andy Reid and Bill Belichick, who covered as uh, double-digit favorites in the division. So, th- actually, this is the first game I researched because I'm like, okay, I'm almost going to bet this blindly. Let me go read the Houston Chronicle. Let me go read the Indianapolis Star. Greg Doyle does a great job for the University of Florida as a beat reporter columnist in the Indianapolis Star. So I even talked to Chad about it. So this, <laughs> this is the, the game I've researched the most. So I'm going with the Texans. Plus, you know, I can't trust them, right? Uh, planning our trip to Florida uh, for Thanksgiving, those two weeks. And we are already in it in our diagramming place with uh, – family members are going to ask us for money and we're going to give it to them we're not going to let them borrow it and we're planning for them to be late to thanksgiving dinner <laughs> with some sort of plan why the honey baked ham got burnt and why they're late and you know the whole story so texas you can't trust them but i'm going to take him over the, the key number plus 11 and usually if you live in the past you die in the past we saw John Gruen died from the path, supposedly. I, it, I believe it's a cover story. There's something beneath that they're covering up that I really don't even want to know about. Uh, but plus 11, in the past, this game would go under. Both teams were running at each other. But in the RPO spread era, 
in the era of both these teams do not want to pay, pay for quality backups. So that's why you saw some crazy scoring at the end of those games. So there's going to be the same thing here. So I'm going to see it over the 43. Usually early in the season, even these teams would go under. But now I've seen attrition on defense happening a lot faster than other years. So I'm going to Texans plus 11 over the 43. What do you think, Scott? So I'm, I'm going to title this game as the perfect storm game. I mean, Indy dominated that game for two okay. and a half quarters. And then all of a sudden they ran out of gas. Short week, division opponent. Houston is fighting like crazy to win right. games. So I'm, you know, I think Mills showed something against the Patriots. I think he can he can carry that on. I think Indy may take this game for granted a little bit. You know, saying they're coming and they're gonna come in and they're gonna beat Houston. Um, I'll take Houston and I'll take the over. I think both teams will score in the twenties. Um, low 20s. I think it will be a competitive game. I don't think there's going to be any chance of a 10, 14 point game at any stretch of this game. Right. But I think Indy showed some things on offense that will lead me to believe that they can score. Uh, they unlocked Taylor. Wentz had a 400 yard passing game against Baltimore's defense, which is, which is really good for him. But their defense just tied out and didn't, didn't show up in the, the second half of the second half. So, um, I like Houston, and I like the over. Same here. Uh, Tunsil isn't playing for Houston, but I don't think it's going to matter because the Colts aren't that great. I think Cooks could go off this week, too. I think that's another guy you look at. Cooks. He could, he could go Oh, yeah, off. Brandon Cooks. Yep. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, so, I mean, looking at the side here, Houston plus 10, plus 10 and a half. Double – I mean, you can almost – Blindly take that. I mean, and, and two. I mean, the Colts have what one win on the year. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't. I don't think there's ever been a one-win team this deep in the season that's been a ten-point favorite. This might be a record. Right. Uh, so, division game. Houston showed some great signs of progress and um, growth last week. I don't see how you could take the Colts way in ten points. Um, Houston plus the 10 all day. Totally agree. Um, you know, I was on the under in my own head, but listening to Josh talk, I'm realizing I am living in the past. My thinking was, okay, this game's going to go very similarly to the Baltimore game, but Houston's not going to have the firepower offensively to do what Baltimore did at the end of the game. But after listening to Josh, that number is very low, 43. Um, you know, the Colts are banged up in that secondary. They're playing practice squad guys. Um, so, you know, and in the Colts passing game is really, you know, they, they didn't really run the ball with Taylor. Like I thought they were, they really were a pass heavy team. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I do think both teams are going to be pass heavy in this game. It's not going to be a running battle by any means. Both teams are going to look to throw the ball around the field. Um, you know, I think that's kind of what the teams are moving towards and what they're, what they're strong at. Not saying they're not going to give Jonathan Taylor the rock, um, you know, but if you look at, you know, the big play he had early in that game was a bubble screen, you know, in the passing game. Um, you know, he is very efficient catching the ball out of the backfield. 
you know, so I don't think you limit his impact by giving him check downs and screens. I think he can be just effective in that way. He's not a back that needs to be the ball handed to him. He's very capable in the passing game to get his touches that way. So, yeah, I think we see a lot of passing this game. And uh, I, I, I think we, we see it get over that total. Um, you know, both teams are going to be able to score the ball. I think the Colts are pretty good offensively. They very deep at wide receiver. Um, and, yeah, I think, like uh, Scott was saying, we can see Cooks is going to have, you know, a breakout game. that I can't even remember the receiver's name, but they had that receiver that had the, the touchdown against the Patriots. He had two big catches, two big plays. I think he, you know, uh, Mills is, is got a lot more confidence slinging that ball around the field. And, uh, yeah, 43 just is pretty low. I think it goes over. So I'm, I agree with you guys. I mean, just look at the Minnesota-Detroit game last week. That recency bias. Perfect example. Yeah. Big, big spread came down to the end of the field goal. Oh, yeah. Exactly. That's that's the game right there. You look at. All right. So Texans plus 11 over 43. A team that's always oversold. Inflated lines. It is the Packers, the Green Bay Packers at the Chicago Bears. Been getting a lot of questions this the this week, whether I think that Justin Fields is legit or not, right? He's in there because if you make three first downs with your legs, you win 70% of the time. The problem with these guys is they are throwers who now have to learn how to be pastors in the NFL. He only had like one year at Ohio State, throwing to wide open receivers. And the only legitimate games he played were Clemson, which he did all right. And he was hurt. And then Alabama, he was hurt. So you really can't judge him on that game. He, he played decent at times against that NFL Alabama defense, but not enough to really show me anything. Uh, again, the game last week against the Raiders was funny. So you can't use that game at all as a barometer. He's going against Joe Barry, who was hired to get this team into the Super Bowl. Joe Barry comes in the Donny, Tony Dungy, uh, Kiffin, uh, coaching tree. You know, Mike Tomlin comes from there. Herm Edwards, Marvin Lewis, all of those guys. Uh, and it's a home game for the Packers. Am I right? No, no at Chicago. Yep, Soldier Field. It's going to be at Soldier Field. Uh, the Bears are not going to have much depth in the second half. The team's being sold. So, the, you know, you always work on labor costs when you're selling the team. They're not going to have backups. So, I really like uh, the Packers in the second half of this game. Four points is a lot. And the over-under on it is 45, which is the historical average of an NFL game. What do you think about this game, Scott? Uh, this is the this is a rivalry game for both teams. This right. is the ultimate rivalry in the NFL, obviously. So um, I just don't really trust the Justin Fields. I, I just right. – I don't know what you're going to get with, with him. Um, like you said, the Raiders game last week was an anomaly. You have to, you have to throw that game out. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers gets up for games like this, you know, rivalry game. Uh, the Bears are three and two, Packers are four and one. So this is this is four first place. 
Um, I just think Aaron Rodgers shows up. I think the Packers have a big offensive game. I think they were lucky to get out of Cincinnati with a win last week. I look for him to throw to Adams all day long. I don't think the Chicago secondary is, is as good as they've shown right. um, in terms of limiting teams to points. Um, I just – I like Green Bay in this game a lot. I just think there's going to be a lot of throwing from Rodgers. Um, A.J. Dillon's getting in the mix a lot too, so um, I can see him getting in the mix again. I can see the Packers putting the 30 spot up on Chicago easily um, and winning this game going away in the fourth quarter. You know, I think it's going to – I think I think it'll go over. I think it's going to be an over game. I think it's going to be like a 31-17, 48-point game. So um, I look for that. Um, you know, the, the coaching advantage goes to Green Bay. Green Bay is the coaching advantage for sure. In this right. Game. So that leads me to the, that leads me to Green Bay winning the game. So, and the over. Yeah, last year they played twice, and Green Bay blew them out twice, uh, 41-25. <laughs> And 3516. Uh, Chicago will score, but I I'd only see 14 to 17 for them. I see Green Bay in the 30s. Yeah, that, so. that defense doesn't account for the quarterback, but Fields can only run it so many times. Uh, I see him throwing a, a pick too. I th- I think what it is is the coaching mismatch is way, way you have LaFleur out of uh the Andy Gree family. <laughs> <laughs> almost like mafia organizations out of the, you know, he's a capo out of the uh, Andy Reid family, John Gruden's in that family, all those guys, McVay, they have great creative offices. They blew him out twice last year. Are they going to blow him out three times in a row, Chad? You know, I don't know if they blow him out, but I definitely think they win by a touchdown and cover four and a half. In the okay. spread. Um, right. I, I can't. Yeah. I just, the fact that this is for first place in the division, I you know, Green Bay, they find a way to get Devontae Adams the ball no matter what. You, you know they're getting it to him and you still can't stop it. Um, you know, I think last week was, you know, I, I think the Bengals are a way better team than Chicago at this point in the season, what they were able to do in right. Cincinnati last week. Um, you know, I think this – shows that they're going to be able to, uh, you know, come out, even though, you know, they could have lost that game, but I think Cincinnati's way better. And I think, uh, you know, they're Aaron Rodgers, they're going to, they're going to get, get some points on the board. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to show out, have a big game. And I just, I don't, I'm not sold on Justin Fields and the bears. I think, uh, you know, last week you got to throw that out. You know, I, I need to see, I need to see him do something against a, a, a legit team and, uh, Tell I'm a, you know, tell I'm a believer. I still think running the ball, he put himself in some pretty bad situations, took some kind of hits, got in some right. He's taking too many hits. And I, that in the NFL, that is just not some sustainable. Yeah. That is not a sustainable style. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I'd have to go. Um, Green Bay minus the four and a half. Uh, man, I'm still going back and forth on this total, Josh. What, what do you think on the total? It's going over because Nagy's an offensive coach. Uh-huh. And I've observed this about Nagy. Have it in your notes. He's down 37 to nothing. Two minutes left. He's throwing bombs trying to score. Yeah. Because, you know, and, and I sympathize with these guys. They got 1,400 plays. They can't get all the plays, all these thoughts they have for plays out. You know, 
So they're like, okay, let me throw out some plays I'm not going to use for the rest of the season and try to score because that's yeah. what they like doing. And uh, so Nagy's like that. But, but so, I'd love to find out when the last time these two teams played a 17 to 10 game. Right. I don't remember in my in my recent memory that either team is, has done that. So that's that leads me to believe this is going old for sure. And, and our total is what, 44? 45. 45, yep. Yeah, yeah. the NFL game is 45. Even with yep. all the it, – it makes it an appearance like all these points are being scored, but it's not, not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I see Green Bay scoring a decent amount. So, like you said, with Nagy being an offensive coach, they probably get themselves a couple – get a couple touchdowns, um, make this thing go over. Yeah, and they're scoring 35 points a game when uh, with Khalil Mack there and with Pagano as a defensive coordinator who's known as a good defensive coordinator, they're still – because it's a challenge for those Reed family guys, you know, the floor, all those guys – to out-coach uh, a defensive coordinator. So mm-hmm. I, like that. I like the Packers, minus four, over 45. One game that I, looks under all the way is the Chargers. Recency bias. Uh, let me see. I think I have this wrong. The home team is going to be the Ravens. Yeah, the Bra- is this the Chargers game you're talking about? Yeah, yep. At, um, at Baltimore, yeah. Yeah, at, at Baltimore. Baltimore, okay. So Ravens, um, minus three. I the Chargers over under 54. Uh, it's recency bias against uh, the shootout that uh, Herbert got against uh, Mayfield last week. It's good. This is going to be a totally different game. Uh, last time they were in the situation... It's funny, we thought it was good, but it's actually bad. They only scored 20 points against Washington first game of the season. That's the best, uh, that's the lowest total Washington has told people to. The Ravens got momentum. Uh, Lamar Jackson. And the Chargers are a cheap family team that's not paid for backups. And their, uh, their alignment is hurt to begin with. I don't think they're bringing everybody. The people they do bring are going to have tight rotations. So I like the Ravens at home, minus the three, under 52. What do you think, Scott? These are two high-scoring teams, but not that high-scoring. <clears throat> I would I would say the game slightly goes under. I think Baltimore – Used a ton of energy coming back in that game against Indy to win. Right. Um, the Chargers did put 47 up on Cleveland last week, but that's an anomaly game. I don't. I don't think you're going to see that this time. Yeah. Um, I see a game in the score that many points. They don't want to put that defense back out on the field. Exactly. Exactly. And I think LA is going to run the ball a lot because they don't want to put Lamar in that offense on the field. So I think they're going to try short pass the game, try to take time of possession, um, based on these. Baltimore exploded in a short period of time last week. So um, I think the Chargers can get some things done in this game. I, I would pick the Chargers to win this game. <clears throat> um, and I would say it goes under. So I'm taking the Chargers. I'm a, I'm a strong believer in what Herbert's doing for them. And I'm a strong believer that they, uh, they're they a much, much different team than they have been in the recent past. 
So I would take the Chargers and I would take the under. I, I think the Chargers are going to win this game. So you got Chargers plus three, yep. under 52. Under 52. All right. Chad, break the tie. Yeah, so I'm going to – I think I'm riding with you, Josh, here. I think the Ravens have kind of found their stride. Um, you know, I just think the Chargers, they've been winning, you know, the, the tough, close game with the Raiders, close game last week. I just don't think they can keep winning these close games. Um, right. I think at some point, you know, they're going to have to uh, lose a close game here. Uh, I, I think both teams kind of were in – you know, shootout battle type games. Um, Ravens had to come back. You know, Chargers were back and forth with the Browns. I see both teams kind of scaling back, trying to shorten the game um, and, and and run the ball. I think we see a lot more running from both teams. So I like I love under fifty two. I think the styles they're both going to play are going to be an under style all game. Um, you know, I see I see a close game, and I kind of see – I just see the Ravens, you know, inching it out with a, you know, last-second field goal to, to win this one. I think it's going to be real close. I think it's going to be a hard-fought battle. Um, you know, I just I just can't see the Chargers winning three hard-fought battles in a row. So, um, I'm going to have to go with the Ravens. I got a minus two and a half um, and under the 52. All right. So, there you go. People love him. The consensus picks. <laughs> so the ESBC podcast consensus pick are the Ravens minus two. Ravens minus two under 52. We all agree on the under 52. All agree on the under 52. Right? One dissent in the appellate court. I plead right. guilty, Your Honor. <laughs> Oh well, no, you're the judge. You don't have to worry about it. You're just the, the center. You're the, you're the Ruth Gator Ginsburg. <laughs> you're dissenting uh, on this. On the, but you like the Chargers. You like uh, Justin Herbert. They got a great. Coach. I like what I like what they've done lately. I, I just I just think they're a, a totally different team. I think they're going to be a they're going to be a handful to handle. Come, I they're definitely going to make the playoffs. I think. I think they're going to be a handful to handle in the playoffs. Yeah, I think they're a different team. They're not blowing games in the end like they did in the last few years. I mean, this yeah. is a this is a potential AFC championship in my mind. I mean, these right. teams could very yeah. well be playing in the AFC championship. It's okay. you know, it's a uh, that caliber game. You know, I think the Browns were a little tougher opponent last week for the Chargers than the Colts were for the Ravens. Yep. I feel like the Chargers just might be a little bit more worn down. You know, that's what's kind of leading me the Ravens away. No, no, they have a great young coach, and that's the thing, the worn down. And the, the, they don't get just the structure of the team. They don't get the support of management when they play teams like the Ravens, especially on the road. Next game is uh, the Vikings at Carolina. Yes. Yep. All right. So you got the Vikings at Carolina. Uh, both teams are middling type teams, right? They're not dominant. You would think that uh, the Vikings have an advantage, quarterback advantage with Cousins. Uh, I'm not a big Cousins fan. He gets too nervous. I mean, he, he lights out. He has all the tools. He's been in the league so long that he can read defenses pretty easily. 
I do see him panicking way too much. And uh, it's good sometimes for that pick six. Uh, Carolina's getting a point over under is 41. What do you think, Scott? I don't trust either quarterback, to be no. honest with you, Cousins or Donald. Um, I got the total at 46. 46? Yeah, let me yeah. see. And Minnesota is minus one. Minnesota minus one. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Scott. I would um I would take Minnesota in this game. I think uh the overall weapons around around cousins are just a little bit better than the uh overall weapons around uh, Donald. So I would uh I would think Minnesota goes in this game and wins um to get to three and three. You know, could be could be a on the lower scoring side. I don't that I don't know for sure. I, I look if McCaffrey's back, I see both teams running the ball a lot, taking the ball out of the quarterback's hands. But I think when when a play needs to be made, I think Cousins is going to make it over Donald. Um, I just think Carolina was much much overrated. Didn't play anybody in the first three games, so to speak. And then now in the last three games, they play teams that that can handle them. And uh, right. a step up in class. Right. So I think Minnesota wins the game, and I think it it stays under the total. I see it like a 21-17 game. I think the Zimmer influence is going to come into effect in this game, and I think defensively they're going to uh, they're going to play well this game going into their bye week. So that's where I'm headed with this game. Right. We look at the coaching matchup. Zimmer's a defensive coordinator going against Joe Brady. Joe Brady lit it up with uh, LSU. And he's been doing well as a Carolina offensive coordinator, but Matt Rule, defensive guy, <coughs> Joe Paterno guy, not letting him let loose, really. Uh, Vikings, the last two games, actually the last – Three games have gone under. Carolina, uh, four out of five games have gone under. This has under written all over it. Exactly. Even Vegas thinks it's going to be under because they got it 46 up from that total key number of 45. I really think it's a toss-up, 100%. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Scott, and I'm gonna go with uh, the veteran coaching staff, which is uh, Zimmer over uh, Matt Rule, because Matt Rule. I'm gonna base it on results, and that's what we do in this podcast. That's why we tell you all our wins. We're at 62 percent this year. We're at you know a thousand percent ROI. I mean, you got ten times more money. I mean, start it. So it's about results. And other podcasts don't do that because right now I would say it's because they don't have similar results. Guys who have results like I, uh, we do, they live on a hill and they don't share, right? So that's the difference between them and us. We're willing to share. And the, uh, and the other thing is, even though it's only week six, this, this is a big game for Minnesota for playoffs. Right. I know it's still early in the season. I know playoffs are a ways away, but them and Carolina could be battling for a sixth and seventh seed in the, in the NFC and to beat Carolina, you get a game up on them. So this is, 
this is like a division game for them. This could this is a two game swing for them. So, right, and they're thinking, okay, where are our road wins going to come from? Yep. They got to think at this point in the season, this guy has to be one of their easier road games. What do you think, Chad? Uh, yeah, I agree with you guys. I think, I mean, the way the the uh, the Panthers have been trending, I just I think they're kind of on a downward spiral. Um, you know, I think Minnesota's kind of, you know, shown some good stuff this year, finding their stride. I think uh, Cousins got some better weapons around him at this point. Um, you know, I think that 3-0 start Panthers had is kind of a fluky start. Um, and, yeah, I, I like I like Minnesota in this game. I think Minnesota can come in and get this game won. I think it's a big game, like Scott was saying. It, had, it carries some merit to it. Right. Um, and then, yeah, also, I just, you know, I just got done looking at all the scores of both these teams throughout the year and what with the corporate governance of Rule and Zimmer, two defensive guys, I just got to go under this one. This one's got under all over it. I think it's both teams are going to are gonna run the ball. Uh, it's, you know, it's going to be a shortened game. And, you know, I, I, I see it. I see it coming under the 46. So I, I like that Minnesota minus one and uh, under 46, I think, is a good Good play for this one. All right. So Minnesota minus one, uh, under 46. And again, you got to look at the casino, right? Or the sports book you're betting at. If the money line Minnesota pays you more money than minus one, do that. Okay. So you got Detroit at home. The road team are the Bengals. The Bengals on the road are favored minus four against Detroit. And a really bad secondary. Over under is 48. Now, I'm going to stick with my Lions now. <laughs> so you're, they're home. Now we start seeing in terms of a desperate team. They are desperate for a win. The Bengals are not world beaters. No matter what ESPN tells us. <laughs> the Bengals are not world beaters right now. Joe Burrow was the Heisman Trophy winner in college. Uh, the Lions, for the last three games, have tried to battle out after trying to win shootouts. Uh, I think this game will, will end up uh, oh, 48 high. That's the problem with that. 48 high. I really do see this like a 24-21 game. Uh, what do you think, Scott? I like the under. I don't think it's going to get to 48. I'm going to take the Bengals. I think um, this is a game they need to have for, for a uh, playoff push. This is a game you can't lose. 24-17, um, I see. Detroit's all kinds of banged up right now. They just lost a receiver with a broken collarbone. Right. Um, they don't really have many receivers, you know, good NFL caliber receivers. Right. Uh, Relying on Montan Brown. Right. Hawkinson. Hawkinson's banged up. Right. Um, he hasn't been the same since the Green Bay game in Week Two. Um, you know, it's basically DeAndre Swift in that offense right now. I think Cincinnati's going to win this game by a touchdown. I just think their offense is uh, their offense is is got to start taking off here, and I, I think this is the game to do it. So, 
I see 24-17 favor Cincinnati um, on the shoulders of Burrow, I think. So. We ran the under. I I like the under. I'm going to buy the number. Well, I don't have to, do I? Because it's four. Okay. It's already four. So I'm going to take lines plus four. I do think the Bengals will probably win. But I think the Lions have to keep it close. So take plus four, under 48. You got the Bengals. They're going to buy a point, Scott. Make it three off the key key number. No, I'm going to stay at four. I'm going to stay at four. I I think it... uh... I think four is a good number. 48 in Seattle. Break the tie. Man. All right. Well, I do see this game going under. I um, think it'll be lower scoring. Uh, you know, Burrow was in the hospital with that throat contusion. Is he all, all good to go? They've said. Yeah, he practiced fully the last two days. Okay. So. Hand signal. Uh, he can't. Yeah, hand signals. All game <laughs> Silent <one>. count. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I man, the Lions just seem like a team right now that is playing really hard, man. They uh are, they are trying to get a win. Um, they want one so bad. And you know, I, I could sense like it's over the key number of three. It's on the other side. I'm leaning towards the Lions here. Um, you know, I think they can keep this one close. I think um you know, they the Swift is healthy, right? He's he's right. he's gonna be playing. They got Jamal Williams. I I think they're gonna be able to run the ball here on on uh, Cincinnati. Um, kind of shorten the game, keep it a little closer. I mean, I am a little worried with that secondary. You know, if Burrow can can start throwing it around there. Uh, you know, with Jamar Chase. Um, I I'm just gonna yeah, I'm gonna go Lions here plus three and a half. It's, they got the home field. Uh, I just think that they, you know, they're just gonna just gonna play hard, run the ball well. And, and that's uh, the thing too that when you have really bad organizations and teams like the Bengals, they do not get to call on the ref. They just don't. It's close. The refs are gonna go for the home team, especially when the home team has not won a game and they're charging a uh, hundred thousand dollars for suites. <laughs> The NFL wants to keep its investments. And believe me, those close calls are going to go for the Lions in this situation. And the Lions put Lions put their rag now on injured reserve today. He's done for the year. So there's an offensive lineman that's gone. Right. So he's supposedly their best one. So oh, man. Yeah. That, that one's that's why it's a split decision. <laughs> I think it's, this one's going to be close. It's going to be a close game. That's right. why. Uh, that's why. I, I plus four. Yeah. I don't. I don't think uh, this is going to be. Uh, but all, it's going to be like all the other Lions games. You know, they've been literally their last three games have just been yeah. been close games. You know, they've been hanging in there. You know, I don't think they're a team that gives up. You know, if they do get down, you know, 10, 14 you know, they've they've come back multiple times this year. Uh, so I think you know they'll, they'll they'll play hard and you know if they do get down you know they they could make a late comeback and a late maybe right, just right maybe, maybe they're down ten and they just get a late touchdown that means nothing and uh, cover you know get lose by three. Brown family is notoriously cheap, so it's gonna be a gassed Bengal defense in the fourth quarter. 
Goff's the number one pick, you know. So another close loss. <laughs> He's an Andy Dalton type. They're the worst snake bitten team I've ever seen. Sixty-six <laughs> yard field goals. Oh, that that's a that's a curse. They have a curse. If there's ever been a curse, man, that field goal just proved it. Right. hundred <laughs> percent. So the consensus pick is Lions plus four under 48 with Scott. That's Ruth Bader Ginsburg again. Minus <laughs> minus the four under 48. All right. We got the Rams. Let's see here. We can put everything the opposite. Uh, we got the LA Rams at the Giants. Uh, the Rams are favored by 10 points at the Giants. And the over under is 49. Kind of crazy. Um, good thing about this game, Chad. What, 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 we know what Daniel Jones' status is. I'll uh, check it right now. I can find, yeah, I can find out. Well, yeah, I, I think it would be good if he doesn't play. <laughs> yeah, Daniel Jones and Barkley's not playing. Yeah, yeah Barkley is out. But this is one of those things with McVeigh out of the Andy Reid family. Um, I guess you know, well, the Rams yeah. are coming off extra rest from playing on Thursday night. They are extra, they're extra rested. Um, you know, they are having to travel cross country here for a 10 a.m. kickoff. You know, so West Coast, they'll be, you know, 10 a.m. It is, it is early. Um, you know, I just think this is a game that the Rams, you know, with the division they're in, it's a ha- it's this is a must win and win handily. Uh, you know, they can't let this one get close or slip away. Uh, you know, playing an inferior opponent opponent like this. So, man, I'm I'm liking the Rams uh, minus nine and a half. Get it under that key number. Um, I'm kind of. You guys go ahead and talk. I'm kind of undecided on my total right now. So Dan- Daniel Jones did not practice today. So he, he didn't do anything. They, it just said. Okay. So um, I I would take the Rams. Um, what's the number? Over under number? 48 and a half. If Jones doesn't play, the Giants are not going to score much. No. Because there's no and Jones. No, no Saquon no, Barkley. Yep. Uh, Galladay's probably going to be out too, they said. Yeah. Um, so you're getting Sterling Shepard back, you're getting Slayton back, you got Tony. But still, I don't I don't know how how Glennon will be able to, to get the ball up and down the field. I'm gonna assume that Glennon is gonna start with Jones not practice, not doing anything at all today. Um, and there's no weapons around him basically. Well, he's in concussion protocol, so yeah, yeah he's in concussion protocol, but yeah, usually no they, yeah, right. Usually they they do a little bit. On, on today, and then they build them up as the week goes on, but him not doing anything today is not really a good sign for him playing. Yeah, well, the emails of Gruden came out about the kicker. Yeah. <laughs> no way he's playing, man. Yeah. Oh, there's no way. <laughs> so I would go with the Rams, and I would stay with the under because I think the Rams are going to uh, shut the Giants' offense down. I, I can't see the Giants. They might get 10. Um, 
you know, but Jason Garrett is probably going to have a vanilla offensive game plan. Right. For Glennon. So I see like a 27. Good even if he did have a yeah. I see a 27 to 10 Rams win in this game. I, I think the Rams are going to win this game handily. They'll be in control the whole game. So that's where I'm going. Yeah, I'll agree. So we're all going to go Rams minus nine under 48. That's not good. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because I thought it was too high, but now, you know, Giants are missing way too many people. Yeah. And, and they threw out all their models last week in the division game against Dallas. Uh, and the Rams are going to get, a, like, a big lead because McVay wants to get his plays out there. And then they're going to run clock, run the ball in the second half to get, get out of there. And, and they've had that mini- nothing's gonna happen. Yeah, and the Rams have had that mini bye week too. They've had 10 days to prepare for the Giants. So I, I can't I can't see them. Defense is gonna be rested so in the second yep. half, they'll continue to shut them out. They might even shut them out. You know, with possible. players for the Giants, you know, Raheem Morris was to say, Hey man, let's shut these guys out. Right. Right. So if people want to be out there, shut out. This will be a good game to do that. All right, so we got. Rams minus eight under forty-eight. Cardinals and Browns, which, if you believe the hype, right? On paper, it's going to be a high-scoring game, back and forth. Going to be fun. The two young quarterbacks, blah blah blah. I really don't see this like this. It's too early in the season. Uh, the Cardinals are overhyped. Though this recency bias going down. I think the big thing that happened last week, because we covered both sides of that. We covered uh, the under, and San Francisco covered the seven and a half. Which day. The big part of it, and I knew it was going to happen, was that Lynch, during the summer, came up with a game plan against that area the Cardinals have and completely shut it down. They, they only got a couple of Hail Marys to DeAndre Hopkins, who you cannot cover. Uh, Browns at home, minus the three points. They're banged up. They're down to the third tackle, but I think they're still going to win. The game they lost against uh, the Chargers, uh, in my opinion, is because uh, Roger Goodell invested $500 million in that stadium. (laughs) And the Chargers played there, and they need to sell tickets there. And uh, the Browns, there were some funny penalties in there. Even the announcers were alluding to it. So it's not, it's almost like, you know, you know, don't kill the goose that lays the golden eggs. This is about money. And the refs work for the league. And it's not illegal for a ref to blow a call for, you know, public relations for the league. So that, you know, the fact that the Browns lost, they know it. They're not too concerned about that. And now they have to follow the John Lynch blueprint of stopping the Cardinals, which is really rushing three, uh, putting it in back. DeAndre Hopkins is a problem, but it's not going to be like a super shootout like everybody thinks it is. It's going to be Browns minus three under the 50. What do you think, Scott? The Cleveland team. The Cleveland team that you saw last week on defense is not going to be the Cleveland team that shows up this week. Right. Um, I, I think they're going to 
not totally shut Arizona down, but I think they're going to keep them in check. I think Arizona's looking at a, a probably a 20s, low 20s type of game. Um, I think it definitely goes under. Um, I like Cleveland in this game. I think Cleveland bounces back. I think they deal Arizona their first loss of the year. I think Cleveland's going to run the ball a lot. Chandler Jones, Arizona star defensive player, might be out. He's on the COVID list. So I don't know if he's playing this week. So I think that's that goes in favor of Chubb and Hunt. Um, I think Stefanski gets back to, to running the ball and controlling clock and uh, playing a smash mouth type of game. So I see it. Uh, I see like a 24-21 type of game. And, and I think Cleveland wins it. As it's going to be a cold day, cool day in Cleveland. I just look at the weather. It's going to be 60 degrees. Arizona's not going to be used to it. No. Um, it could be raining. It could be another uh, Patriots Buccaneers type of thing where it rains during the game. Um, so I don't know how Arizona's going to uh, adapt to that. So I think Cleveland will win the game in a close game. And I think it goes on to the 50, 52 uh, point game. So that's where I'm leaning. 100%. And yeah, Chubb and uh, you know Kareem Hunt and all those people—it's it's run, 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 Callahan run. And yeah, you're going to tend to go under. They both had huge games last week, so why would you not go back to them again? And plus, Cleveland's right. wide receiving core is <laughs> Odell, who hasn't performed at all this year, and that's basically it. So, I think they're going to run the ball a ton. So, and that right. that that's tendency clock, run clock. So right. That's what they're going to do. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, you know, I agree. You know, we we're kind of talking about this one a little bit before. Um, just, you know, that Arizona, you know, they are 5-0, and but they're not world beaters. You know, they've right. won a close game in Minnesota, close game last week. Um, you know, they're they're not they're not out here. They could easily be 3-2 and two right now, 2-3. and three. Um, So, with that being said, I think, yeah, I mean, Arizona – Going to Cleveland and winning to go six and zero, I think it's just unlikely that they win this game. Um, you know, I think Cleveland's coming off a tough loss, <clears throat> a tough loss last week. They lose this one; they're at five hundred. Um, you know, they got to keep up with Baltimore, and they, they can't afford to lose this one. And uh, yeah, I think they run the ball. Um, I think it's the best rushing attack Arizona's gonna have faced up until this point. Uh, so they're going to be really, really tested in that front seven to see if they can stop them. Uh, I think weather could be an issue as well. Uh, and with all that, with that running and the style that Cleveland's going to go, I think, yeah, the 50 is too high. I think the game goes under. Um, and I like, uh, you know, by, by the half point, I think uh, the Cleveland minus two and a half, I think they can, uh, can win this game by a field goal at least, if not, if not a touchdown. So. I'm I'm right there with you guys there. I like I like Cleveland minus two and a half under the fifty. All right, Cleveland minus two and a half under fifty is a unanimous pick. All right, as fifty-eight percent profit last week, twenty-three weeks in a row of profit. Nobody does that, but we want to get. To work consistently at 70 to 80%. Get a nice roll like that. To that end, we got Denver, the highest winning percentage at home, along with Kansas City, uh, against Vegas and Rich Basasha. 
who's always wanted to be a head coach, now he's a head coach. This interim, uh, Denver minus three over under 45. Gus Bradley, defense coordinator for your Raiders. Uh, I thought in my mind that uh, Olsen, the offensive coordinator, it was a handicap to have Gruden around calling 20 plays and being an offensive guru. Olsen is going to go do what he wants. Denver, uh, that's uncertainty in quarterback. They have a great defense. Uh, but I think the Raiders are just on offense. They're more liberated, right, uh, than, than Denver. Gus Bradley's really good defensive coordinator. So Fangio doesn't have the advantage he usually has. So we're going to go Raiders minus three. I think the Raiders are probably going to win the game. Whenever there's a transition, uh, people are paying more attention. Now people are thinking about their jobs. You know, where are we going to play next year? Where coaches were, am I going to coach next year? And the Raiders have an all-star uh, staff. I mean, Tom Cable really should be a head coach. He's a good offensive line coach as Callahan. Same thing, right? Volatile emotional control issues, right? Uh, Tom Cable broke the draw of an assistant <laughs> when he was a head coach. That's why he's not a head coach anymore. And then he beat up his uh, ex-wife's husband when he was the offensive line coach in Seattle. You know, the only team that would take him are the Raiders. But he's a great coach, a great offensive line coach. Uh, the staff is better. Uh, I think the Raiders, uh, you know, Carr uh, will be ready to play better than what he's been playing. So I like the Raiders plus three. Uh, if it goes to four, right, because of the hype, I'll do that. Uh, I'm going to wait maybe to Sunday to play this game, but definitely going over those 45 points. Even the most uh, Democrat games go under. They played him twice last year. They studied over the summer what Fangio does. And Greg Olson's a better offensive coordinator. He'll get it over the 45 points. I think Denver will play from behind, get a couple of scores. But the Raiders will cover. Might not win, but I think they'll cover three points. If he hits a four, it'd be better for him. What do you think, Scott? So I was looking earlier at, at some stuff on online, and I saw that the last 13 13- times a midseason coaching change has happened the teams have gone eight and five so that leads me to believe that i'll i'll go the raiders on the money line Ooh, all right like it is on the money i'll line. follow you there i'll follow you there i, li- I like um, that too yep i would go uh i would go 45 you said it was yeah i would go under i think the Ra- i think the raiders have gotten out of the gruden shell so i, I think this is the game that they know as a coaching staff and as players, they're going to want to prove something right. that it wasn't all about Gruden, that it was about the players on the field. So I think the scheme, the scheme is going to stay the same, you know, the plays, but now Greg Olson's calling the plays and not Gruden. Right. So that might make a difference because he's going to get with, with Kyra and say, okay, what do you like? What do you don't right. like? Exactly. So that, that could make a big difference in that game, especially in the fourth quarter. If it's a, if it's a tie or a close game to put the Raiders Raiders in the one column, Raiders start out three and zero. They don't want to, they don't want to blow that three and zero start. So I I look for them to 
to win the game. And uh, I think the game is, is going to stay just barely under. I think it's going to be a 44-point game. Okay. So that's the way I go. So I agree with you that. And then Chad will break the tie on the over-under. So what, Josh, you're going over and Scott's going under? Yep. What? Why, why do you think it's going over, Josh? Because I feel that the Raiders would jump out to a lead. Uh-huh. And they'll have a lead in the second half. Maybe they'll change it back to Drew Luck. Then Drew Luck will start throwing bombs. Late in the fourth quarter, in altitude, Raider defense will get a little tired, give up a score, and have it go over 45, which is the average historically of an NFL game. Bridgewater is starting, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, yeah, man, I, I love the Raiders. I think the Raiders can win this game. I think they can, they'll easily cover this spread. I think uh, this game will um, – I like that, uh, you know, kind of Gruden's gone. I think the last two weeks, this has kind of been a hindrance on the Raiders. Uh, you know, the Monday night game against the Chargers. And then, uh, you know, last week, you know, they kind of knew this was coming. You know, something was kind of wrong with the organization. So I think it's kind of a, a burden lifted off their shoulders. Then they can just focus right. on football again and not worry about all the, you know, the uh, executive and corporate stuff going on amongst the, in the organization. Right. Uh, and this over-under here is really tricky. Uh, if it does go over, it's like uh, it's going to be a late score. It's going to be something really late. Uh, the defense is getting tired. Man, I just, you know, mile the 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 altitude, you know, is is a possible play for the over. Uh, you know, I just, I think that it's a division game that it's going to be hard fought, which is going to maybe keep it, you know, slightly under that um, because it it is a division game. And, you know, these teams are going to be, you know, this is, this is a, you know, this is a big game, uh, you know, in, in the division and how those, you know, the division standings are going to play out. Um, You know, and I, I just, the way, uh, you know, these teams have been pretty um, consistent to the under you know, but my, my theme of the week, I, I'm really torn on this one, guys. I'm really torn. My theme of the week was that, you know, more games were going to be going over this week. Uh, defenses are starting to break down. Um, golly, I, I, I re- I, I'm I leaning with Scott right now on the under. My, my first, my gut is saying with the under. Um, I don't know, but this could be one that I changed my mind last second and do go with the over. But I think uh, – for right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Scott, and I think it, it uh, because it's a division game, it'll go under that the 45. Um, it'll be it's gonna be a close game, and uh, yeah, but this is the uh, this honestly might be one that I that I do not the one game I do not bet this week. I'm I'm really I'm really torn here. This is this is the game right here. If the Chargers were to go to Baltimore and win, this is the game right here that you don't want to fall two games behind the Chargers. Right. Yeah. Chargers are going exactly. on a bye week. Right. They'll be five and they'll be five and one. You know, the the winner of this team game will be four and two because both teams are three and two, I think. So this is this is a huge, huge game. Yeah, and I and I agree. And that that leads me to the under that, you know, the fact that it is such an important game. Um, you know, so yeah, and, and Rich Versace has been waiting for this his whole life. So I, I really like that money line. So we're going to get three sides of the bet. And we have the consensus 
is going to be Raiders plus three money line under 45 points. And the average score of an NFL game is 45 points. So if you want to buy a point, get it off that key number, probably wise, right? Slightly under. All right. Love it. All right. So now we'll go to our New England Patriots expert. We're six and four, 60%. <laughs> We're 70%. You got New England at home uh, against the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys are plus four. The over under is 51. Now that is crazy. Yeah. Almost every single game goes under. Uh, yeah, that one, you know, I bet right away under 51. What are your thoughts, Scott? I'm with you. I'm I'm going under. Last time Dallas came up here, it was a 13 to 3 game. Granted, Dallas didn't have the offensive weapons they have this time, but and Patriots were much, much better. They had Brady and stuff like that. So I, I, I struggle with it because what is Belichick going to take away from Dallas? Is he going to take away the passing game and let the running game run wild? Or is he going to take away the run, try to take away the running game and let the passing game go wild? You're picking your poison, basically. I think Dallas just has too many weapons. I see Dallas winning a, a touchdown game. Um, yeah, I would take Dallas and I would take the under. I just think Dallas might be the best offensive team in the NFC right now. Uh, you know, Tampa has trouble running the ball. Dallas can run the ball. They can throw the ball. Their defense is underrated. Diggs, this cornerback that they they have, is very, very good. Um, yeah. So he's going to take Myers away. So where's Mac Jones going with the ball to the tight ends? So I, I think you're looking at looking at that New England's going to have trouble running the ball. They're going to have trouble uh, throwing to their wide receivers. Um, so I, I see the tight ends playing huge, but I, I don't think it's going to be enough. I think Dallas comes in and wins the game and uh, takes takes firmer control of their division. Um, I think Zeke's going to have a big game. I think they're going to run the ball well, and I think that's what, what um, they're going to take away the passing game a little bit. So I like Dallas to win the game and stay on the, stay on the under. All right. We both agree on the other, but I'm going to take the Patriots plus the four. I think now you can't predict turnovers. However, uh, Ezekiel Elliott has problems with uh, ball security. Dak has problems with ball security, and uh, Bella Cheat is obsessed with uh, ball security. Another element are, again, favorite people, the refs. <laughs> uh, Jerry Jones took uh, Godfather Goodell to court last week to get Latrell Jackson or Latrell Collins on the team for the offensive line. Uh, the refs read the newspaper. They read this kind of stuff. And really, you know, it's hard, you know, to make bad calls against the Patriots in Foxborough, right? <laughs> Fans are right on you. So you got that pressure at key times. Uh, special teams battle. Belichick knows he has to win that. Uh, and that zone, that soft zone Dallas plays gives Mac uh, Jones a chance. And I'm going to be looking at Mac Jones to see if he's uh, Max Jones, if he's improved the speed of the game. Trevor Lawrence, 
really hasn't. I really don't like his attitude. He's really carefree. He's not it's not like he's confident. He just doesn't care. Really, it seems like he's really improved. And man, he gives up pick sixes. Justin Fields, the jury's out. Uh, Burrow looks really good. Uh, so as far as a young quarterback, just giving up games like they did earlier in the season. Uh, I think uh, Patriots lose again, right? 24-21 or a game like that. 27-24 might be over. But I don't think that many points are going to be scored. Uh, I don't think uh, Mac Jones is allowed to snap the ball. Under over three seconds left on the clock. To really just uh, keep Dallas's offense off the field and shorten the game. Field goals are going to be uh, important in this game. What do you think, Chad? Break the tie. Yeah, so under all day, I totally agree with you guys there. Um, I mean, this is the highest total we've seen in the Patriots game. I don't see it getting anywhere near. Uh, I think you're, it'll come in a touchdown under that, that 51 all day. Um, I'm going to have to agree with Scott here. I – I really like Dallas, man. I just think they are one of the best. They are the one of the best offenses in the NFL right now. Um, they have consistently, um, you know, they're diverse in that run game. And Dak, I mean, I went back and I was looking at videos of Dak throwing the last two years. Um, well, not last year's, but his rookie year, the second year, you know, before his ankle injury. And he's spinning it right now. He's just – he's more accurate. It's got more zip. It's just coming out better than it ever has. And, man, I, I, I really like Dallas right now. Um, you know, and I feel comfortable going with Dallas, you know, until I, I'm kind of on the train until they prove me wrong, um, you know, until they show me something otherwise. Uh, so, yeah, I'm liking – I'm on Dallas minus three and a half, and, uh, and, and I'm on the under. I think uh, they'll be able to – to uh, just they just got more just a lot more talent. I think the roster is just a lot more talented than the Patriots. Um, you know, I just I, ever since Brady's left, you know, New England Patriots just have, have struggled. They just haven't been the same team. Um, Belichick, you know, he, he you know he just he hasn't been the same without Brady. You know, and uh, you know I I think this is this is just another one where uh, I think Dallas can can get it done and win this game by a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, Belichick has not won without a good quarterback. He yeah. didn't win with Bledsoe. Yeah. Yeah. And he won with Kozar, but then when Kozar left Cleveland, he didn't win. And he hasn't won since. So it'll be very interesting. So the consensus ESPC podcast pick is how about them boys? Minus three, under 51. Yep. Like it looks good. Yep. SPC podcast consensus picks. Uh, we're a lot more transparent with the numbers than the Chinese and Russian governments <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Sad, but true. All right. Sunday night football is going to be a slugfest between the Geno Smith led Seattle Seahawks <laughs> against. The Pittsburgh Steelers. And what I'm reading is um, Matt Canada. I remember him from college. Great offensive coordinator. He's now the offensive coordinator of Pittsburgh. And Mike Tomlin, um, they're getting into shouting matches and screaming at Roethlisberger. 
because Roethlisberger wants his own game plan. He just wants to do what their their game plan is. Uh, but they won last week, right? Because he screams at him, and then he does what he's told. Seattle's stubborn. Uh, reading the Pete Carroll book, he says he's not going to change it. I'm not going to change it. going to run the same defense, same everything he's been running for 40 years. Can't argue with him. Three national championships, Super Bowl title, went to another Super Bowl. Uh, so that screams the under all day, 42. Uh, Steelers are just going to run the ball and keep the lead. And it's a macho contest, right, between Carroll and Tomlin trying to, like, beat each other up. Uh, in that case, five points is too much because it, it, I can see this being 13-10. So the under for sure. And I like when teams like this play, usually uh, they cover uh, big lines as dogs, but don't cover as favorites. I don't see the Steelers covering against Geno Smith. I think it's going to be a close game, or Geno Smith will score to a meaningless touchdown at the end to uh, cover the five points. So I'm going to go with Seattle plus five, or whatever it jumps to, as people just bet the name Steelers and know, find out that Russell Wilson isn't playing. Plus five. Under the 42. What do you think, Scott? So, hearkening back to your podcast last night, the Hawthorne podcast, and right. that'll go into this one, is I think Seattle said, uh-oh, there's no Russell Wilson anymore, and they panicked the rest of the game. They were in a right. panic on offense and defense. Right. Because it, Russell Wilson's been there 150 straight games or however many it was. It was a lot of games. So going to this week, I don't think Geno Smith looked terrible. I think he looked decent. Right. I think the Seattle defense is not good at all. I think the Pittsburgh defense is not as good as it has been. So I think this game goes over the 42 and a half. I think it, it's a, a 27-17 type of game. So I, I'm looking for a barely over. Um, I think Pittsburgh's going to win the game. I think they're they're uh, Seattle's going to cover, um, so I'm I'm actually looking at 27-24, not 27-17. So yeah. I think Gino's Gino is not a not a bad quarterback, and I think he's the weapons he has on receiving is going to be you know is going to help him. Um, I think this could be a big DK Metcalf game. Right. Um, we have to see on Chris Carson whether he plays or not. He's supposed to practice on Thursday, so that'll be huge for them if they can get him back. Um, so I look for a very close game, and I think it goes over. I think it goes over. All right, yeah, absolutely. And this was what Chad was talking about. These are games that usually would go under, but might go over. And it is a low total of 42. I just think both defenses are awful right uh, – not awful, but pretty bad right now. So right. You guys are agreeing on on the side. You guys are both on Seattle plus the five? Right. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm right there. Seattle plus the five. I think this is going to be a close game. You know, and – I. My initial instinct was the over, and I think I'm just going to stick with it. I, I, It is a low total. Um, you know, both defenses – I mean, Ben did air it out a few times. You know, they got some deep scores last week. Um, he did show he can throw it throw, throw it a little bit. Um, 
you know, and I, you know, Gino's got a big arm, man. He's got a huge arm and uh, he's got weapons, you know, uh, DK right. can go up and, and make plays for him. Um, you know, I, I think it can sneak over, um, you know, something, yeah, like a, a 24 to 21, you know, uh, Steelers win uh, 45 and just barely sneak over that, that 43. See, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Seahawks plus the five, and I'm going to go over that 42. Okay, yeah, so actually, I'm looking at it. It could be the same mistake I've been making, right, that I noticed last week. Two defensive guys, I'm like, oh, under, right, Tomlin and uh, Fangio last week. I'm going Carroll, backup quarterback, da, da, da. But I'm going to change mine to the over with you guys because I think I'm living in the past. Because I, I made the same mistake with the NBA. Thinking guys were going to play hard when they were. I, I don't think you're going to see a Seattle normal game plan tomorrow night. I think they're going to come out and throw the ball. I, I really do. I think right, because you're going to load the box, right? You yeah, load the box. yeah. I think they're going to. I think they're going to throw the ball and, and make the Pittsburgh secondary try to stop them that way. Right. So they, I look for a huge passing game. Yeah, with DJ Metcalf and the other guy they got, you know. So. Yep. Uh, you got to utilize that. And Geno Smith is a veteran quarterback. He's in like his ninth year or whatever. Yeah. Yep. And he's got a big arm, man. He can really push the ball down the field. Have you uh, practiced with him? Or? No, no, I haven't practiced with him. I just, I just, just right. from what I've seen of him, you know, like compared to what Ben's working with right now on the other <laughs> side. <of it. laughs> yeah. You right. know, Geno can, can, can rip it down the field. Right. All right. Monday night. Uh, two playoff teams, two zone teams. Do I have this right? I hit Tennessee. Yep. Buffalo at Tennessee. Buffalo, Buffalo at Tennessee. At Tennessee. Yep. yep. Minus five and a half Buffalo over under 54. At, at Um Monday night dogs cover 80%. <laughs> Those are the two 80% uh, things out there. Uh, you never bet Monday night blindly. You never know what's going on. But it is 80%. Uh, the dogs on Monday night. This is a non-division game for Tennessee. And my uh, instincts were Tennessee's going to tank non-division games. Bills looked really good on the road. Second week on the road. They look like a team on a mission. Uh, I'm kind of torn. What do you guys think? I'm going Buffalo. I think I think Buffalo after the opening week lost to Pittsburgh. I think Buffalo's played out of this world. I, I agree with you. I think they're on a mission. I think they want the one seed. Right. And right now, them, the Chargers, and the Ravens are the three teams in the AFC. Whoever gets a home field advantage out of those three might go to the Super Bowl. In the right. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like Buffalo here. I think they're they're on a mission. They're uh, going to win this game by at least a touchdown. I also think they're going to score, and they're going to force Tennessee to have to score with them to keep up, and I, I think it's going to make it go over. Um, right. the, you know, the Tennessee, the way Buffalo is moving the ball down the field, you know, ten Tennessee's got to score to stay in this game. You know, Tennessee can't win this game, you know, 21 to 17. They can't make – they're not going to be able to keep Buffalo under 28 points. Um, you know, they're going to have to score over 28 to even think about winning this game. Uh, so I like this one. I like this one to go over that 54, and I, I think uh, t or Buffalo covers five and a half. 
Yeah, the the Buffalo mission in this game is very simple. Get up so that Derrick Henry is not a factor in this game. Right. And that and that means they're gonna get up by two or three touchdowns. So so I like Buffalo. I even like Buffalo scoring in the 30s in this game. You know, which yeah. means Tennessee can get seven can get 20 points. They can get to 20. So I think well, it's going over. And Brayville's stubborn. I seen Brayville, you know, down by 30 points running Henry, and then Henry runs for a session. Yeah. Nobody wants to tackle him up by 30. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, so uh, I kind of like that. So it, it's a unanimous pick here. Bills minus five, over 55. Again, this game, uh, McDermott, former defensive coordinator, St. Brayville, uh, defensive guy. Under normal circumstances, these last two games would be under games. But this is 2021, not 2020, 2019, or 2010. Uh, under 2021 uh, football, uh, this game is going over the 55. And, man, uh, Tennessee does score a lot late, whether they're ahead I like the Bills here in this situation because Brable, uh, you know, he's definitely a long-term thinker. He's won so many Super Bowls. He seems really bad early in the year or mid in the year, and they don't, they're not really decent until later in the year. Uh, this is a, a thing where maybe it's that 20% of those Monday night games where the road favorite covers, and it makes sense since you're talking about an elite team that's, uh, you know, at this point thinking Super Bowl. And that division Tennessee plays in as weak as anything. So right. they yeah. don't really – they don't have to pressure themselves to win this game and still win that division easily. So Right. Yeah. What I mean, what do you got? The Texans, one win. Jacksonville, no wins. And the Colts, and one win. Right? One win, yeah. So, yeah, they, they mean, have they're, three. They're, right they're now, two so. wins up, yeah. And, yeah. 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 So, they're, they're playing vanilla. They're holding things back in the back pocket. Uh, you know. One of the core players sneezes, he's out, you know, preserve his body for later on in the year. For the playoffs, I think they they, they got to think themselves puzzled in for the playoffs. Absolutely. No question. All right, man. And man, another great podcast this is the best podcast of all times because we're making money, people money in the short term and in the long term. We'll go Scott and Chad with final thoughts. I like our picks this week. I think it's going to be an, uh, a really good week. Um, Keep an eye on the trends. Keep an eye on the trends. Keep the trends going, you know. Right. Um, you you got to throw some teams. You got to throw their results away. But right. other teams, you just look at their games, look at what they're doing, and look look at, uh, you know, how they're covering and, and point how many points they're scoring. So, like a Buffalo team, 30 right. points a game. So, if they're, you know, they're going to be in the 50s over under probably the rest of the year, basically. Right. So, yeah. um, look at those trends. Absolutely. Chad, final thoughts. Yeah, uh, I just it's it's fun to see these trends and keep going week to week. And you know, uh, every week we kind of build, we learn more, and we become stronger as our picks, and we have you know more information and more data to go off of. And um, yeah, man, I'm just excited to uh, see this this game tomorrow night. I think it's gonna be a good start. This Philly Tampa tomorrow, and uh, <laughs> get it get us ready. Now I get to start getting into my college picks. So. Right. That's what happens. And man, the first six weeks of the season, five, six weeks of the season, there's also like a really bad week. 
And we didn't get that. So now um, it, it's not that it's getting easier because we started, man. Scott and I sat for three days with the draft and then you do your research. So it's not easy, right? We make it look easy, but it's not. It's not profit every single week. And now I, I'm really feeling the confidence now as seeing the, the trends and seeing the people not wanting to change. Pete Carroll's not going to change. He didn't change this year. He's not going to change on Sunday. Tom definitely not going to change. There's no change. You confirm it, right? Yeah. Uh, trust and verify. We trusted. Now we verified. Now I want to take it to the 70, 80% level where your bankroll is jumping, right? And you transition from building the bankroll to start thinking about the taxes you're going to pay, how you're going to take things out, and what is it you're going to buy. Liz Warren's waiting for me. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> She's heard about this podcast. Yeah. Oh, wait a sec. <laughs> so, Winston Churchill said, right? Uh, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. These are free picks. You did not have to send us a subscription. You don't have to give us your email. <laughs> we do not want your email. Uh, just prosper and do well. And if you got something we don't know, let us know so we can uh, collaborate to keep capitalism going, right? Thank you for listening to the ESPC Podcast Network. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it is free. It's a podcast that I use. <clears throat> and they really do a good job for us here at the GFSN betting and team report podcast. It helps us make 70 to 80% of your bets. Now, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started, my brothers. That's why this one goes cost $800 and that goes $200. And I don't know what that cost, I'm just shitting the work. That's why I wear such a shoes and roll my butt and I get a limousine sometimes.